How's it going? It's a shitty night tonight. I have two tables, all black people, so I know I'm not making no tips. You being serious right now? Yeah, look over there. I have two tables. They're all black. I'm working for free tonight. No, I, I mean, are you being seriously that racist? What? But you don't know that I got to tip you. Yes, I do. So just because they're black? I've been waiting tables for five years. I never got a tip from a black person. Not once. First of all, I don't believe you. Second of all, that's still racist. <laughs> I am not racist. Screw you. What are you talking about? She says black people don't tip. Are you nuts? Niggas don't tip. Everyone knows that. Have you ever waited tables before? No. Then shut up, asshole. Catch up, niggas. Damn, you fingered them hoes. How you gave them that? All them all came with the alligator straps. Sick of your niggas with your now or later raps. Rap about it now, hope you get it later. Do a couple shows, hope you niggas are saving up. I show you how to do this, son. With this particular watch, be a one of one. That means none before it, none to come. The homie that's rapping be the only one that has it. I show you how to do this, son. You ain't heard, I push the six when the fives is out. You can't fight me in the Porsche, I box you out. I show you how to do this, son. We don't drive X-Files, we give them the baby mamas. Push the big top that's shaped like a Kansas chicken snack box. I get it cracking when I'm backing out the garage. The 360 drop for raw, shut down Manhattan. Bucket low like bucket though. Nights on, daytime, lights on. Hell yeah, I'm fronting, but you love it though. I show you how to do this, son. Nigga, I'm a check writer, your royalty receivers. Y'all eating on per diem, on the low like a Caesar. Pay your taxes, y'all niggas hustling backwards. I cop and crash whips, Jay is a bastard. Trying to find solutions to the situation I'm facing. Only thing that's free is my flow and y'all be chasing. Letting my niggas know before I go, I drop that knowledge like dropping books. Let's stop the crooks <laughs> from robbing you of your brains, such as using welfare as a crutch. I'm in it for good, you into my hood. You won't be finding much hope that when I'm gone, y'all remember this what we stood for. Fuck that. Fame and that glitz. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy with Tips uh, podcast. Uh, Fisher Poem reading of the night. With uh, your host Rod and Karen. And uh, back for the 37th time. We have my homeboy Will. Uh, What's up, everybody? Yeah, you're breaking records over here, dog. Um, so basically, uh, don't forget, guys, you can leave comments on uh, Podomatic. And, uh, you know, whenever you leave a comment on Podomatic, just uh, search for the Black Guy Tips when you go to Podomatic.com or go to Facebook, search for the Black Guy Tips, or go to iTunes to search for the Black Guy Tips, and you can leave us lovely comments and reviews. Um, we actually got a new review on iTunes today, um, or not today, a couple days ago, um, and it's from Jason420, I'm assuming 420 is slang for marijuana. So that's part of our demographic. Okay. Yeah, you know we refer to him as Jay Blaze. Yeah, Johnny Blaze. Um, 
These guys are great. Highly recommend it. It's a good mix of comedy and serious co social commentary. I wouldn't have considered myself a serious uh, social commentator. But, uh, you know, I appreciate that he does. And the audio quality is good as well. No need to have fear of a black planet while these guys are around. <laughs> Can't go to the <laughs> well, Ain't nothing wrong with black planet, dog. <laughs> fear of blackplanet.com, more likely. Um, but, you know, also, you know, go on the Facebook group. You can interact. And uh, don't forget, you can call us now. Yes. And you can leave us a voicemail um, at 704-557-0186. All right. So just make sure you guys dial that. Give you that one more time. 704-557-0186. Uh, just call us. Leave us a message. And we'll play it on the air. Um, and we also got our first call today that um, left a message. You know, we also got calls where people just hung up. Like, what, what? Maybe they thought they were calling into the show. Yeah, disappointed when nobody picked up. Yeah, I don't know, man. It was just like missed calls. So it's like, I don't know if it's a bill collector or what. But, um, <laughs> if it is, Somebody they are enough. good. Yeah, they are real good. The best bill collector in the world. But uh, let me go ahead and play this one, our first, first voice, voicemail that we got. Yo, Rod and Karen, what's going on? This is Winston, a.k.a. This is W on Twitter. Been listening to y'all since day one. Uh, want to be the first one to leave a message for you. Now, the only question I have for you is, if MLK is the B.I.G. of activism, and Jesse Jackson is the Jay-Z, what is Donald Trump? Is he Nas? Chuck D, what is it? <laughs> but uh, that's all I have for you, man. Good luck with the show. Peace. Alright man, thanks W uh Winston. Um and you can follow him on Twitter at this is W. Um and he's a hilarious dude. Um and he always chimes in when he's listening to the show. So sometimes it might be a day or two after we drop the show or sometimes it'll be in the middle of the night, I just get a couple of tweets that's like, Haha, that's funny and I'll be like, I don't even remember saying that. But uh I guess if if now according to my analogy, y'all know a little bit about rap, alright, so if MLK is big, and I say he's big because, I mean, not just that they both have three initials, but I say that he's big because he died in his prime, and he's beloved by everybody, and his flaws never really got the same consideration in public life as his, uh, you know, as, as his good things. Um, and Jesse is Jay-Z because he stuck around long enough for us to make a joke of him, like, He's become marginalized. You know, everybody now is where Jay-Z comes out with an album and it's it's never going to get 100% unbiased critical opinion because you got your people that love Jay-Z and you got your people that hate him and it's already lines drawn in the sand. So that's kind of how Jesse is. Jesse starts talking, man, um, and someone brought up this analogy this morning. Jesse Jackson is like Duke basketball. Yeah. Like people already got their yeah, people already got their minds made up with this dude. Um, so that you know, even when he's being uh, sincere or even when he says something that isn't you know that bad, people flip out. So um, I'm saying of all the black leaders, quote unquote, who would Nas be on that scale? So Nas, that would have to be somebody who was nice back in the day, but just fell the fuck off. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got, I got mine in my head already. So y'all, I'm gonna see if maybe y'all guess which one I'm using. Uh, so, or who is Sharpton? I guess he said Izzy Nas. I say Sharpton is Kanye. Kanye? Yeah, cause you know, cause, cause. <laughs> 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 
Because if you look at it, Jay-Z had his time to shine. Right. Um, Jesse had his time to shine back in the day. Yeah. Sharpton's the bigger dude right now. Right. Just like Kanye's a little bit bigger. You either love Kanye or you hate him and everything. Right. So I'll say Sharpton's the Yeezy. Who, is, who would you say, Karen? I would say he's kind of like Andre D. Dallas. Sometimes you understand him, sometimes you don't. Alright, alright. Yeah, see, I think Louis Farrakhan is Nas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so they're right. Sharpton can't be Nas just because of that. Like, Louis Farrakhan is definitely Nas because, you know, he, used to, he had a spark when he started, you know. Then he fell off and got irrelevant for a while because niggas wasn't trying to hear that. Hook nose Jew stuff, man. Most people, most black people don't even know a Jewish dude that's making their life hard to be blaming Jews for everything. It's like, come on, Al, I can't eat bacon. I can't be fucking with you. I can't have a ham sandwich fucking with y'all, man. I know, come you on, went dog. to a Jew wedding, the best wedding ever, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so um, I think that he was, um, like, I think that Nas is, is Farrakhan, so Nas is taken. So if I had to pick one for Al. I think I had to go with somebody like uh, somebody that lacked substance, that never really blew up. You know what I'm saying? That was always on the cusp of uh, almost. I know who you're talking about. Who? Memphis Bleak. Damn! <laughs> so I fuck with you, Will. That's why I fuck with you, dog. He's Memphis Bleak, dog. Man, he was he was one hit away. He was one hit away, dog. But, uh, yeah, he just never made it, man. You know, we all show him, you know, a little bit of love, but mostly he kind of is a joke to people now. Like, I remember, um, Nick Mackey, the black guy who was running for, like, sheriff here or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, he, they tried to recall his vote because basically he got, he went out and got, uh, votes that, they weren't really illegal. They weren't illegal, but they were kind of immoral. Like, yeah. The other dude basically didn't do his job in running that district the way he was supposed to. That's right. So Nick Mackey basically went out and you technically he uh, got the votes, but they don't know whether he forged the votes or what because they went to the people who were supposedly voted for him and they were like, well, I don't remember voting. I didn't even go to that meeting. <laughs> wow. And so um, they would try to recall his, uh, recall his votes and... Um, tried to take his office back from him after he had already won the election, which is very hard to do. It's like they say, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Yeah. So, um, basically what they did was uh, Nick Mackey's crew got together, called Al Sharpton, gave him the quote-unquote pertinent facts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> As in, i.e., this dude is black, the other dude is white. They trying to take his office from him. He already won the election. And Al came down here, gave a speech, hopped back on the plane, dipped, no, probably had no idea what was really going on. At all. And as, after he left, everything unfolded. And it's, it's like, Nas, I mean, Memphis Bleak and Sharpton, they kind of the same dudes, you know, where it's just like, they, they they almost had it, but then they do something where it's just like, I can't take you serious, dog, you know? <laughs> but uh, thank you for that call, man. We really, I, I really enjoyed that. Man. I have a question. Does that mean that Malcolm X would be the Pac? Uh... Oh, uh, civil yes, rights leaders. Yes, yeah, definitely. Malcolm X is pop. Ah, right, I'm just making sure. Yeah, yeah. You can, you you got this, man. You got this. And I don't know these old 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 school rappers. Yeah, so I don't no. know who Marcus Garvey <laughs> is and shit like that. Jim um, Mr. J. While we were talking, yeah, we got while we were talking, we got another voicemail. So cool. I'll see if I can play this real quick. Hello, Al. This is Jim Mr. J. 
Hi, Robin. It's good to sleep in a fire. Um, first of all, what up, I'm going to tell you that I write for Inner Intelligence, as you now know, and you saw my uh, blog post. Um, also, I want to say that I am not an army wife. I'm a soldier. <laughs> that makes it um, an insult almost that you would call me a wife and not a soldier. And actually, I have a million and one things to say about the podcast because I am not a conservative. I am a independent-leaning populist. Um, I also think that you got way too emotional. You want to call me ignorant, whatever. You don't respect my opinion. I don't have to respect yours. I don't feel the same way about Jesse Jackson that you do. I, when you called me a hussy because you got you got emotional on me, I wanted to ask you where your tampon was if you needed an extra one because that's some Kobe Bryant shit. It's in my vagina. Um, <laughs> Jesse Jackson. Okay, the only thing he has given the, the community at large is synergy. He took Dr. Martin Luther King's message and rode his coattails. He didn't have a new one. He didn't try to further anybody else. Like, you want to talk about the Native American shit, which I mentioned on the first day in argument, not the second day, and I was asking on the second day because of his push foundation, the Rainbow Coalition, Rainbow including everybody of every color, he hasn't really done shit for other other people except for black people. That's the only thing I was saying was like, you know what? He might be cool like your drunk uncle like you was talking about, but really in real life he hasn't done shit. Martin Luther King did shit for everybody, not just black folks. You want to say, oh, he helps out the poor, look at what he does for Native Americans. Crickets. Crickets. My G, there ain't nothing he's done lately for Native Americans. I'm pissed off about those fucking racist ass motherfucking British people not letting the Iroquois Nation use their passports. What the fuck, man? If you're cool with America, you should be cool with the Iroquois Nation because that's, that's American history and that's part of America. Ain't nobody said anything except for Hillary Rodham Clinton. And the only reason she said something was because they were New Yorkers. Their nation is in New York and she was the senator of New York. So fuck that, B. Fuck that. Like, there are so many things that we could talk about, but I don't, you don't give a fuck about my opinion, I don't give a fuck about yours. Fuck, fuck all that shit. I have met Jesse Jackson in person. <laughs> He's an office, whatever. People want to say, oh, he talked shit about Barack Obama in 2008. The only reason he was talking shit was because he was jealous. Behind the scenes, he was raising the most money for Barack Obama in Chicago. People don't realize that shit. He fucking loves Barack Obama. Like, it's not, man. He was crying at the election. I mean, come the fuck on, son. Fuck that. All I can say is, Fuck Jesse Jackson. Fuck Al Shopton. I want to see Dr. Cornell West up there. Where's my man Hank? Colonel Hank Abercrombie. Fucking all these other pillars in the community. Like, motherfuckers are afraid to take them on because fucking, like, Jesse Jackson and Al Shopton are the safe choices for interviews. They know if Cornell West comes on there, it's going to be some awesome type shit that he's going to say. That's going to be like, Bill O'Reilly could not take Cornell West. Cornell West would fucking make his head explode. 
It's shit like that. That's how come they don't have them. But you're starting to sound like Bill O'Reilly getting all emotional shit. Anyways, fuck that, B. I'm out. Peace. I would just like to say that was a long ass message. Yeah, I'm glad though. I, I wanted her to deliver as much content as she could, and um, she's right. I was emotional, like, but not like O'Reilly, more like Glenn Beck, you know, because I, <laughs> I I love my country and I love I love my people. But um, the thing, the thing, some of the things she said that I did want to address, and I'm glad she brought these up because I had forgot about some of the crazy shit she was talking about. Um, what did Martin Luther King do for the Indians? Cause she brought up Martin Luther King as like the pillar of greatness, and this is what you know. If you really want to help everybody, why ain't you helping the Indians, Jesse? I ain't never heard of Martin Luther King doing shit for the for the Native Americans either. Like, if you're helping impoverished people, you're helping impoverished people. Now, unfortunately, black people ain't had the same guilt on their side as the American Indians, who also had a few enough numbers where you could just get like a casino and break everybody ass off. Ain't nobody about to give us no 40 acres in the mule or no casinos or no shit like that. Like, just be happy with some welfare if your ass is broke. And that's about it. Like, that's all you're going to really necessarily get. You're not going to receive any other benefits than that. Um, I didn't know the army wife thing was an insult, but I really did mean she's either an army wife or a veteran. That's exactly what I said. I didn't say she's an army wife and just leave it at that. I didn't know that was an insult, but she obviously got pretty emotional about that. Um... Obviously, my tampon is in my vagina. We, we've gone over that earlier. Um, and then, um, the air coordination, man. You can't use beads as a passport in 2010. Like, if you don't have the paperwork, you can't just be like, nah, this cool, dog. We was the original Americans. We didn't roll like that. Like, you gotta... You're you gonna get hemmed up, man. You know? That's what happens when you're a dark-skinned person trying to get on a plane in 2010, man. They, they hem niggas up. You gotta have all your shit straight. You can't roll up to the airport without your shit like that. And um, she said she met Jesse in person and he's an asshole. Well, I didn't want to say nothing in the last show. But Martin Luther King, I met him in person and he raped me. <laughs> <laughs> and I. Why is this something we've never discussed before this time? Because I didn't want to. It's sensitive. Slender, I didn't want to slander his image and I knew nobody would believe me. That's what he said when it happened. And. It's just, but nah, I'm just making that joke to say the point that who cares what he does in person? You just said, well, he's a per, he's he's bad in person. Then he raised the most money for Barack Obama, even though he was jealous of him. Now, how is that a bad person? Like, obviously, he's knowing what the bigger cause is, and that's kind of the thing with Jesse. Is like, despite his flaws, and I'm never saying he was perfect. He's not really my hero or nothing, but. The, the, despite his flaws, he has always been like, this is the bigger cause, I'm fighting towards that. And then, you know, along the lines, he has his pitfalls. But um, I really think most people, when they ridicule Jesse Jackson, they're not really ridiculing Jesse Jackson anymore. They're really ridiculing the idea of Jesse Jackson as sure. far as like when like when Saturday Night Live used to do skits and, and impersonate Jesse Jackson over the years and everybody has their own Jesse Jackson impression and stuff like those things is really that's really what people are joking on because most of them don't really even weren't even around to remember him carrying Martin Luther King's torch and to just belittle that is very insulting and I think that's where I find the uh, difference between my opinion and her opinion and people that, you know, fuck Jesse Jackson, those people, that's why I have my differences where it's like, 
you guys are like fuck him regardless of the situation there's no reason like there's nothing he can do there's nothing he's ever done and it's kind of like well look guys I'm sorry that he was important at one point in time time and we have to recognize that so yeah and and you know when she was saying well he hadn't done anything for Indian people he hadn't done I mean just because you focus your energies on one subject or one group does not make you a bad person. Right. If you if you spread yourself too thin, you're not gonna get anything accomplished if you're trying to do everything for everybody. Yeah. What did so, Gandhi do for black people? <laughs> what's wrong? What's wrong with having? What's wrong with having focus and saying, okay, I'm gonna focus my attention and my efforts on this one problem. If I'm trying to say the ozone and trying to say the earth. What you gonna be mad at me because I'm not politically active or yeah. because I'm not helping children in South Africa who are starving? And yeah. and more importantly, man, I did a Google search for Jesse Jackson, Native Americans, and a fucking hundred things came up of him talking to Native Americans, put including them in his actual uh, mission statement for his uh, Rainbow Coalition. Like you could have taken and like I'm not gonna just because you called in, I'm not gonna fucking forget and be soft on you. You could have taken the fucking 10 seconds to research that, and that's why I called you ignorant. It's not about my emotions. Ignorance is not a word that necessarily has an emotional attachment to it unless you put it to it. That's the best description of your attitude towards Jesse Jackson. You were willfully ignorant. And if anything is going to make me upset, it is willful ignorance because it's a waste of my fucking time. I don't waste time with people that are like, oh yeah, you just educated me on something, but fuck that shit, son. I'm just going to be ignorant. If that was the case, why didn't you just say that at the beginning? We could have saved everybody a long time and been like, oh, I get it. You just ain't going to like this nigga no matter what. And then we could just be cool. Like, oh, it's a lot of niggas I know that don't like people for no reason. Right. I'm a Kobe Bryant fan. Half the niggas I know hate Kobe Bryant. And I'll be like, oh, you just hate him. Okay, cool. So we don't even need to discuss his stats. None of his uh, accolades or how he performed. <laughs> cool. You just hate this nigga and then you won't always hate him. That's kind of how it is with uh, with Jesse Jackson. It's like, look, if you hate him, cool. Just say that shit up front. It's like me with Tim Tebow. Yeah, you ain't got to defend it. You don't have to, de- like... You don't like the tears. Like, the, the one thing about hate that most people don't recognize is that you don't have to defend it. Hate is irrational. Yeah. It's not like you have to have a logical argument. It's a feeling. Yeah. This, this is my thing. I think her problem is that she's confusing ignorance with stupidity. Right. When you call her ignorant, I think she felt that you called her stupid. Right. Now, ignorance just means you don't know. Right. And stupidity means you don't. Now, I will say this. Being willfully ignorant is stupid. It but is. I, but I didn't it say is. that to her. I just said you're will, being willfully ignorant right now but in it. the face of fact. I, I copied and pasted like this is the Google search. Click a link. You know what I'm saying? Click one, man. Don't don't fucking tell me this dude didn't do something. And I'll be like, well, this, this is what he said about that. Nah, fuck that. He ain't do nothing, son. All right, then. All right. But anyway, man, I'm glad you're back as a follower, though, Asleep in the Fire. You know, really, I missed you, and I didn't think you was coming back. But uh, it's good that we could work everything out and that you called into the show. Because for a second, I thought you was ducking me, and I was like, come on now. I need that voicemail. So um, that's why I played the whole thing uninterrupted, because I wanted to get her speech, her, her say. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, man. Don't forget that uh, the unofficial sport of the podcast is Bullet Ball. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, also, don't forget that the official weapon of the podcast is... The Taser. That's right, man. That's right. And July's Undress Month. 
<laughs> and we still ain't got no pictures in. <laughs> Come on, ladies, get them titties out. Do it for Martin Luther King. Liber- liber- liberate your bosoms. Bruce Lee died. <laughs> Bruce Lee died today. <laughs> take your take your titties on a freedom march with a camera phone. But um, guess what? New shit is out, man. The newest volume. Oh shit! When did it drop? Mailback music dropped today, volume four, man. <laughs> My nigga Mel Gibson in the house, man. Wow, he yeah. got the mixtape like crazy, ain't it? Yeah, I'm thinking about um. The little Wayne of Hollywood. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm gonna introduce these, this clip from now. I'm just introducing the clips like a DJ. So I'm gonna give me a hold on. <clears throat> Y'all ready? Yeah, go for it. New shit, Mel Gibson. My nigga, Mel Bat Music Volume 4. Woo! <laughs> Welcome to Mel County. <laughs> I'm from the hood. I'm from the brave heart, nigga. Um. Get out of here in 15. If I never You've told me a hundred times you're gonna pull a plug. And you will. I know, and I don't give a damn. I'm just saving my child's life because you are a monster! This is the scene, and what's love got to do with it when Tina was in the back of the limo. And she finally hit, she finally hit like that. Remember that scene? It's like, oh shit, she hit him back. That's this is what's that's what's going on right here. That's all! You're a monster! Okay? You are so now he's trying to play the conversation. He's flipping it on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now now he recording the conversation. Yeah, They're like, oh, now you yelling? Okay, this is gonna be interesting in court, bitch. He wants to give a damn about the fucking career in which you spend money on. Not me. I never asked you to do that ever. You fucking bitch. You asked me for money. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bitch. Oh. I wish I could talk like that, man. But you can't talk like that to somebody you love. I mean, I need. I think I know why people got jump off now. So you can just have somebody that can call up and treat with disrespect. I don't have anything, and I've signed the paper. I've signed. I've signed the paper that enables me to get. I can't get anything from you ever, nor can I ask of anything. Am I, am I the only one that feels like, bitch, shut the fuck up and let Mel talk? I know, right? I can't hear him. You're talking over the movie. I know, sit down. <laughs> I've signed the paper. I have signed the paper. I don't want anything from you. I don't have anything. I like how she is still trying to be polite and wait for breaks. And I his, know, right? Like, at what point is... I mean, obviously she's recording this and that's why she's standing on the line. But at what point, when someone's calling you and cursing you out and calling you nothing but names, are you really going to wait for politely for a break so you can interject your opinion too? you <laughs> like, um... May I speak now? Yeah. It's like, you nigger, stupid ass, fag, whore, bitch, cunt face. Huh? Huh? What? Um, Permission huh, to speak? Are you done? No? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. You were, I think you were a cunt face. Are <laughs> you? You will not have this child. Because they'll know what you are. Mel? 
You're imbalanced. There's something wrong with you. You need medication. You cannot raise this child with these symptoms. You're acting as a crazy man right now. How can anyone argue with someone that can't really speak English that well? Like in their first language? Because like half of the lines, I'm going to be like, what? What? I think you conjugated that verb wrong. <laughs> you cannot act like these around childs. Childs, that's not a word. Don't you mean children? Uh. You have been for many, many months. And you hit me and you hit her whilst she was in my hands. Mel, you are losing your mind. You need medication. Damn, we call her son a pussy. Damn. That's hardcore, man. But you know, like they say, a woman, it takes a man to do to raise a man. Okay, a woman can't raise a man. Your son will. I don't doubt that her son is a pussy. Now, he probably has been holding that back. And he probably he probably takes her son out, try to teach him how to be a man, but he don't want to hear that shit. Punch him in the chest every now and then, try yeah. to toughen him up. Try to take him man. out, like, what's that right there, boy? That's a cunt whore. Say it with me. Mommy doesn't like when you say that. Shut up! Be a man! Scared it, boy. And Okay. First of all, first of all, Mel, Mel, no, no disrespect to Jesse Jackson and all the work that he's done, but Mel is being an Indian giver. Cause he, at first he said she could have a house in the first mixtape. Mm -hmm. Now you get the volume four, and he's gonna try to flip it. Like, what is he, Rick Ross? Come on, dog. We know the truth. You sitting up here lying on on the album. I ain't get this album to hear these fucking lies, Mel. You said she could have a house. Stick by your no, word. No, no, he's still saying she could have a house. All he's saying is she got to crawl back and give him a little dome. Oh, she yeah. She's got to make did, a yeah. payment, dog. So That's the first time he's, he's said... He's just clarifying. First time he said, blow... He didn't say, blow me either. He said, suck my cock. Oh, yeah, so yeah. He meant it that time. <laughs> watching them, them white people flicks. Yeah, I never could get into the, 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 the hardcore, just like the white porn, like the real white... Like the cheap white porn that you get when you go to the porno store. Like the good stuff is, you know, the expensive shit. I don't buy porn anymore, but when I did, because I get it for free. And I didn't stop watching. I, I beat the system. But um, when I uh, when I used to go in there, like the, the cheap porn that you get like two for $10 or some shit. That's all. That's how they used to talk. And I was like, suck my cock. Come on, take it. Oh, you let me jizz on your Blow face. Blow me. Like he sounds like he just finished watching. He probably watching porn in the background while he calling her. I should have said this to a sneak in the fire. I should have said that's this to our last voicemail caller. You offend my maleness. Blame, blaming the victim and blaming the tits. You never blame the tits. No. You know how sensitive women about are about tits that? Tits ain't never done nothing wrong. Yeah. He didn't say this in Lethal Weapon. If they raped somebody in there and they came in to help for the police, he wouldn't have been like, oh, well, look at them titties, though. I mean, what was you what was you thinking, man? Did you really blame them? Yeah. <laughs> it was probably a pack of niggas, too, wasn't it? I buy my niggas in the pack. <laughs> I like my yeah, niggas okay. like, like my niggas like socks and underwear. <laughs> 
Are you crazy? Are you crazy? So now he wants to know how much her titties cost. How he's just so mad at this point. He's winding down. I don't. I doubt Probably. it. It sounds like she had him before. You know, she was somebody before she met Mel. Oh, okay. She's not just a groupie. Like he's calling her those things, but that's not true. She used to be like a model and a singer, and I'm sure some other rich dude paid for them titties a long time ago, and that's why he's asking, and that's why the very first, the very first mixtape, he felt betrayed. Remember, he started off talking about her titties. That was the first thing out of his mouth. Was like you probably feeding your son with them fake ass titties. Got all kinds of foreign bodies in them, so like he was, he was upset this whole time about them titties, and it's coming full circle. You know what I'm saying? It's just like when Jay Z came out with Volume Three. You know what I'm saying? Like it all comes full circle, man. You complain about my status? They're fake, baby. God, you got little bladders in there. You think I'm an idiot? Have you said everything? I said. <laughs> That's the best shit you can do to an angry person. <laughs> Are you done yet? <laughs> you, man. It's like that time where uh, where um, Gus was trying to fight me at the gym. After I talked, I had already calmed down, and I was like, "I'm not gonna fight you." And then he's like, well, "What you want to do, Rod?" Like that's the perfect time to do that because you know that the other person's just like, "What, man? Get the fuck out of here!" But he's so mad that he's actually like, "I, I gotta think of some more shit." I uh, see. Uh, what I went through. Uh, let's see. Rape my pack of niggas. Uh, uh, let's see. Fake tits. Pussy son. Uh, she's a terrible mother. Uh, groupie gold digging cut whore. Fuck. Fuck. Uh, uh, get out of my house. Stay in my house. Get back out of my house. Uh, Rose Garden. Uh, fuck. He's just running out of shit to say now. But there's still two minutes left on this clip. So he came with more shit. Let's see what yes, happens. Yes, he did. Say a lot. I didn't make you this way. You fucking did so. You were born this way. <laughs> you yell and scream and threaten everybody around you. Everybody's pussyfitting around you because they'll scare shitless out of you. But you, oh, you like pay. You pay them money and they will never tell you the truth. They will never tell you the truth who you are because you're paying them money. Inclusive of your psychiatrists who should send you to a neurologist because you are imbalanced and you need medication and you just see that foreign accent, I would be like, now hold on, wait, wait, stop bitch, hold up. A neurologist or an urologist. <laughs> There's a very, very big distinction, and your broken English is fucking me up. Is something wrong with my dick or something wrong with my brain? Taking your money. What are you, a fucking expert? Yes. <laughs> you are completely off your mind. I've never seen anybody like this. You have a schizophrenia. I need mail to work at a customer service line. <laughs> hey man, my PC is down. What are you, a fucking expert? Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry, Mel. <laughs> she was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you an expert? Yes. Anyway, you need to see a neurologist. Because? Because you're born like this, my dear. You are so spoiled. You have biggest ego and you let yourself roll. My God, what an ego. Nobody would dare tell you that. You're paying the money for that <laughs> She sounds like Beyonce. <laughs> Such a big ego. <laughs> Nobody will tell you that. You're paying the money. Oh, like you, huh? 
I don't need it. I don't need anything from you, okay? I will disappear from your life just like I came in. Yes, I have many times. See, she knew he was crazy when she got with him. You know what I'm saying? He knew she knew he was crazy, but she thought them blowjobs would change him. And instead, they drove him even crazier. No, I think the blowjobs kept, kept him a little sane, but she was probably slacking on the game. Well, she had to raise that kid. Yeah, so she was like, look, I can't blow you four yeah. times a day. I can only do two, and maybe he, three. He He's like, no, I need four. <laughs> you come over here, apologize, and blow me <laughs> at the same Plus, he wants her to do a lot of shit at the same time. Like, multitasking and getting blowjobs, that is a lot of work. No, you need a chick to focus. Yeah, I like Mel is like, look, I need you to keep this house clean while the blowjobs happen, okay? <laughs> now, I, ain't, I, I could pay a maid to just clean the house. I need both. Not call me mean and not logically sideways just suck my cock. <sighs> Damn, you fucking cunt whore, that's all you're good for. That's about all you're. He, he's not going to back down on this. I'm thinking, I, I, honestly, I, I've been listening to enough Mel. He has convinced me to suck his cock. I'm sorry. I don't. Know, I don't know how it happened. I don't know when it happened, but it just seems like it, it would calm him down. It would be better for everybody. He'll stop punching people. Just using people. Look, I, you know, I'm not gay, but somebody needs to take care of this for him. She don't have a friend or somebody that's like this nigga is wilding again. Just please come blow him. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to intrude on your life. I'm in danger. Can you blow him yeah. to get me to safety? Seriously. Like what does he just do? Get blowjobs and pass out like when the Hulk turns back into Bruce Banner? He just like I would kill uh juju juju. What are you good at? So he finally hung up. Man, there must be some good ass blow. Now, now look, aren't you kind of curious to get a blowjob from her? Yeah. It she must do? be off the chain. She must put ice in her mouth and ice and hop on her lips. Crazy. Yeah. Raspberry flavor. What is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was serious stuff. She's going like, on my cut is in the back of my throat. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know how she's getting it, getting it in. But she drove male ass crazy with them blowjobs, man. I don't if that's. If it's that good, I don't want none. It's like sunshine. It's and, like crack, man. Yeah. It's like sunshine yeah, and, and uh, Harlem Nights. When they was like, I got a girl, pussy so good. She throw it up in the air to turn into sunshine. <laughs> and then uh, everybody's like, I don't know if I want some of that. You know, and that's how I am. I don't think I want none of that. <laughs> so, um, let's do some local news and shit, man. Because, you know, some crazy shit happened. Um, okay. Before we get into this other shit. Um. North Carolina NAACP head arrested before school board meeting. Raleigh, North Carolina. The head of North Carolina's NAACP chapter has been arrested after arriving at the site of a county school board meeting in the state capitol. Reverend William Barber was arrested along with a second person outside of the Wake County Schools Administration Building in Raleigh Tuesday afternoon. Barber was arrested at a school board meeting in June and charged with trespassing. Barber has called on hundreds of supporters to come to the school board meeting to confront the panel about his plan to scrap the district's, district's diversity policy. Raleigh police set up a mobile command center in advance of the meeting that had two dozen officers at the scene. About a thousand demonstrators marched through downtown Raleigh early Tuesday holding signs saying the new policy would lead to resegregation. Um, 
the question here is the fuck did they arrest him for? That's my, what I was waiting for. Right? <laughs> <laughs> It was like he was charged with trespassing, like at a school board meeting that he was arranging a protest at. Like, did they arrest the other thousand people? Like, I don't know. That shit don't. That's a bad look. It like, is. you know, let the nigga protest, man. As long as they ain't being violent, you know. He didn't have his permit, obviously. I started reading yeah. that thinking NAACP dude arrested. Okay, well this is on the um. This is a bad look for the NAACP. Yeah. Then I started reading the article. I was like, man, this is a bad look for the police. Stop fucking with people. What's wrong with y'all? Uh, let's do some more. Um, speaking of, actually, speaking of the NAACP, um, Whitney Houston is on that crack, y'all. Um, she ain't <laughs> Whitney Houston is blowing over $300,000 a year on drugs, sources say. Damn. And friends fear she's locked in a downward spiral that will soon end in death. Damn. Yeah. That's almost $1,000 a day. Yeah, she gets it in. With the with the RB Divas drug habit raging out of control, her entourage recruited a drug dealer who sold her $6,000 worth of cocaine during a tour stop in Europe in June. An eyewitness to the deal told the Inquirer. Although the 46-year-old singer claimed to be drug-free during a TV interview with Oprah, she was actually high as a kite at the time. <laughs> but who didn't know that? I know, right? We all seen the clips. Do we all seen it? She's like, crack is whack. <laughs> <clears throat> when is this interview gonna be over, Oprah? I'm sweating. <laughs> and while she's been through rehab at least twice, an in-depth inquiry investigation discovered Whitney has spent an average of six thousand three hundred dollars a week on drugs, or an astonishing three hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars six hundred three hundred twenty-seven six hundred dollars a year. Wait, three hundred twenty-seven thousand six hundred dollars a year. Sorry, I can't count. Um, Whitney is a dead woman walking with the amount of drugs she's buying. How is she alive doing this much drugs? No. That's what I don't understand. And her, shit, her drug of addiction, was, her choice was crack. Yeah, man, maybe they just... Do, this much crack? do they have a designer crack? I was going to say, it's got to be markup or something. So, yeah. She, she on some Burberry crack or some Coke crack or some... How drug dealer got to see her every week? Like, how the fuck are you coming back? How are you still alive? I gave you enough to kill a rhinoceros last week. And you are back with some for some more. Um, <laughs> the she'll be dead in months. Said her friend Marlon David, a party promoter. I doubt that he's really her friend. Mm. Telling the inquirer, what kind of friend is that? Say that again. The Grammy winners, the Grammy winning singer sobriety came into the question almost as soon as she kicked off her nothing but love tour comeback tour in February in South Korea. I actually saw a little bit of the clip of her singing. Mm. -mm. No, thank you, Whitney. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine is a drug dealer who deals in cocaine. One of Whitney's people called him and said, Whitney wants to party, David told him to inquire exclusively. So, he's snitching and everything, but I don't know if that's really shocking news mm. that Whitney's still on the crack. I mean, you know, the fact that she ain't really came all the way she back. She ain't never get off the crack. Yeah. But she been on it. Yeah, that I agree, man. And uh, speaking of crack... One in three men frightened by their partner's driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, I am one of those three. Millions of I men, millions of men find themselves push, pushing their feet down into the footwell because their wife or partner breaks late. 
other you know what's funny is women have faster reflex time than men a lot of people don't know this but if you test it that's why women are, are better at sharpshooters than men like technically they have better reflexes now why they can't drive I don't know well, have, okay, reflexes is one thing, but what about the coordination that goes with those reflexes? Well, they were probably on their period, Will, so let's be sensitive. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, have you ever tried driving with a stomach full of cramps? It is hard. With a twat full of, uh, yeah. full of cotton. <laughs> it is hard. It is difficult. I can barely drive with a wedgie. <laughs> Other, others regularly spend large chunks of a journey gripping the edges of the passenger seat. One in ten say they have been forced to grab the steering wheel as their partner took her eyes off the road and careened towards the central reservation. Damn. What the what fuck? What are these women doing? I, I won't lie now. I did get in a car one time with my friend uh, Rashida. Um, and she we were going... What were we doing? We were doing something tremendously gay that I got... Oh, we were shopping. Like I got like we were we were we were supposed to be going to our um like our internship meeting or whatever, but it got canceled. So it's like we're already across town. It's like uh, yeah, I don't feel like going home. Let's. Karen was at work. I was like, I guess we can just hang out till Karen gets off. Yeah, I went to Victoria's Secret semi annual sale. No, no, <laughs> nothing like that. But, I like uh, that place. I'm sorry. We went to um, we went to shoe shopping, which is way worse. Yeah. So, uh, but we were driving. She's like, I think it's down here. I can't remember where it's at. Oh wait, it's the other way. This bitch does a U-turn across four lanes of traffic. <laughs> the middle of the day. No stoplight or nothing. They couldn't even wait for a light. Just, Arr! I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Where are you taking me? And uh, we get to the shoe store or whatever and go shopping in there. But I was just, I remember though being like, God, I was praying. Like, you ever been somebody that drives so bad you start praying? Like, I was praying, like, God, just let me live till I get out this car. I swear that I'll never let her drive again. This will never happen. I'll go to church Sunday. Just, please, just guide this car. Just chariot. Um, one in, oh, I'm sorry. A spokesperson set for OnePole.com, an online market research giant, which commissioned the study among 3,000 men, said, most feel they are better drivers than the women in their lives. They believe they concentrate a lot better, read road situations more quickly and clearly, and have better reactions. Um, I think also part of this is that women don't know how to shut the fuck up. Like, whenever a woman's driving, she always got to, like, give you a running monologue of everything that's going through her mind. And, like, dudes, we're the opposite. We shut up, and we might be lost in the motherfucker, but we be quiet about it. So you'll be like, are we supposed to be in the middle of these woods? Is that Jason? You know what I'm saying? But the woman, she just be like... I, I, should I make a left here? Or should I just wait till I turn later and just make a left down this road at the next block? But then I know one time I was driving with my friend and she was over here and I was, it was like, God damn, shut up, just drive. I don't care, just oh, drive us into the middle of the road, please. Um, one, uh, one in five even went as far as to say they were never able to relax when their other half is driving. The study also found that one in five couples have argued during the due to the other one's driving. Um, me and Karen, we don't argue when we drive, mm-hmm. pretty much. But I always drive just about, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I drive just because I don't really like how my wife drives. It's not that bad, but yeah. she has a tendency to veer toward the right. Or when she's checking her blind spot, she'll look for like five seconds. So I'm like, hey, please look back in the road. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, I, now, the other thing here is I have dr- driven with and rode with Will. 
And Will gets it in. Like, he's like NASCAR. But you know what, dog? I don't anymore, dog. I stopped. You slowed down? Dog, yeah, dog. When the gas price hit $4 a gallon. <laughs> 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 the economy made this nigga safer. Hell yeah! And then uh, I finally got all these damn tickets off my insurance. I was like, Ooh, I sure would like to race that car, but <sighs> I'm only paying a hundred dollars for two cars. Let me just go ahead and ease back off this gas. But well, yeah, shit, man, finance will change, dog. But Will used to get it in, dog. I used to yeah. grip that uh, the car, <laughs> the handlebar thing, the 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 shit bar. I used to grab that shit like, all right, man. Like, I had to focus up before I got in the car with Will. I'm like, come on, we can do this. <laughs> I was all about making good time, dog. Team on three. One, two, three. Team, let's go. Before I change my mind. Um, <laughs> you know what I realized? Most people don't feel comfortable when they're not driving, period. I don't think it has yeah. anything to do with that server at all. Yeah, I that's think true. when you're not underneath the wheel, you you're just... You're not in control. Yeah, I think that's yeah. more what it is. It does say a lot I about know, that. I know for me, something about me... And Roger has told me it's like if I'm riding and talking, sometimes I pay no attention. I'm just turns. Like I've been talking to Roger about something and we like ten miles from the location. Yeah, that's true. And I'll be like, shut the fuck up, cut, whore, go dig a bitch. <laughs> and I run us into a tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, men's biggest complaints are that women are too easily distracted by children, scenery, and other motorists. <laughs> it's like a dog. <laughs> oh, look at that one over there. Um, other grumbles included allowing the car to roll from side to side instead of keeping it in the straight line and not staying away from the rumble strips. Yes. Which happens a lot when women are drunk. Flickering the accelerator, which <laughs> results in a stop-start stop, feel to the ride, also yeah. came high on the list as did getting too close to cars before overtaking. It also emerged that one in ten men have felt it necessary to ask their wife to pull over so they can take the wheel. <laughs> God damn. What kind of driving was she doing? You've been fired. <laughs> get your ass in the Yeah, my wife does all that, but I hadn't taken the wheel from her. Though. Maybe she's doing it as a hint to get you to drive, because I think Karen likes when I drive. I my wife definitely likes when I drive. And anytime she complains about my driving, I'm like, hey, look, we can switch seats. Yeah. And that, that's all it takes. Um... A spokesperson for one poll added, I'm sure women's driving can't be as bad as men believe. It is probably more of a case that men just think they are safer drivers. Anyone can be distracted by things outside or inside the vehicle, so the argument doesn't really stack up. And I think that's a lot of truth to that, too. It's all about perception. I remember having a conversation, and it was like a bunch of different uh, people talking about bad drivers. And they, the, the conversation got into stereotypes. Like, who's the worst drivers? You know, who's, you know, and this one dude was like, man, you know what? I always see speed, man. Black women. And I was like, what? I never even heard that one before. And, and that was, and it was one of my good friends. I was like, I never even heard that shit before. Like, like you always see Asian women between the ages of thirteen and fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't see any of those. I was like, I guess it's just who you. I really think it's who you pick to be mad at. Yeah. Or well, probably whoever was the last person to piss you off. And That's true too. Yeah. I remember we used to come back from like a theater and when we went to uh, go see like. The Fast and the Furious, and those those kids out there, they were rich kids. Oh, yeah. They would hit that highway, the one where you can do like seventy or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Dog, they would be or seventy five, whatever the speed limit is on forty five. Man, the motherfuckers would be racing like Vin Diesel was in the car with them. Man, it was crazy. Like I was, I was like, see, there they go, young black women <laughs> acting the fool. 
But I think for me personally, my mama was worse than Roger. Roger's really laid back. I remember I was, uh, I hadn't got my driver's license yet, and really funny though, Roger had to talk to me. My mama, she fusses when she taught me how to drive. And one day she had ripped my nerves so bad that I stopped the car, parked it, got in the back seat, and told her, if you want to go somewhere, you take your damn self there, because I'm tired of you fussing at me. And I, and I was determined I, determined if she was going to teach me how to drive, I wasn't going to deal with that, because it was yeah. just cool. One time I even ran through a damn light. She was fussing at me. I turned and looked looked at her. When I looked at her, I rolled through the light. I said, look, either you or the light. You can't fuss at me. Look, yeah. I'm learning how to drive. So some people can be very distractive to the driver. And a lot of times, if you fuss at the driver and the driver's not calm, they got the wheel. They can kill everybody. Yeah. And you being nervous and they feeling that nervousness don't always help. <laughs> yeah. That's why people start fussing at me. I just speed all the way up. <laughs> and I'm like, it's either me or you, baby. Me and you. You think I, I would play chicken with every car on the street until you shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, f- fix the AC or else. Orfield man puts gun on air conditioning repair man. <laughs> oh, we shooting air conditioning man? An overheated Orfield homeowner pulled a pistol on an air conditioning repair man who had just told him his cooling unit could not be fixed on Monday. Eugene C. Howell, 67, told the repair man, Jim Lee Edmiston, at 12.45 p.m. that Edmiston was not going to leave Howell's Wolf Crossing Road home until the air conditioning was working. State police at Bethlehem, Bethlehem said. So I think it was the same dude um, from Grand Torino. He <laughs> must have been an Asian repair man. Yes. That one was hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been wrecking heat waves. That one, he was like, I'm not dying. I will not sweat in here another day. I seen the news. Only people dying is old people and dogs. Right. I'm not about to be I the one. Take my arthritis hands and kill you. Edmiston ran upstairs in the house, and when he came back down, Howell was no longer holding the handgun, but would not let Edmiston leave. State Trooper Robert Hooper said in the affidavit about Howell's arrest. Howell blocked Edmiston at the back door, and when the repairman ran for the front door, Howell slammed it. This old ass man. <laughs> knocking, the door off, knocking the door off its hinges. Damn. Then Edmiston escaped, fleeing to another part of the North White Howe Township Village where he called police. Howe was charged Monday evening with aggravated assault, terroristic threats, and reckless endangerment. Mm, not Damn. entrapment. I'm surprised. Nobody been using their clapper really, really well. I got strong off that, ain't it? Yeah. His belt. <laughs> Uh-uh. His, his bail was set at $10,000. The incident began after Edmiston, who had been working on house air conditioning, reported that the unit had to be replaced. But the replacement would not be available until Monday. Edmiston first told Howe's wife, Janice, damn, his wife was in the crib, that he could not fix the unit right away. But Howe became enraged when Edmiston said a part had to be ordered. And he pulled that gun out. I was like, you damn. fixed this now, Zipperhead. Damn. Come over to my country. Sweat no more. <laughs> damn, dog. No country for old men. No. Not like um, no air conditioner for old yeah. men. <laughs> no AC for old men. But uh yeah, so he basically flipped out. Um speaking of flipping out, my girl Kalise released a statement today. In an interview with Jet Magazine, the 30-year-old R&B singer said that she and her ex-husband are the only ones who know the truth about all the media speculation about why she filed for divorce. Um and that Oh, that all the speculation that why she filed for divorce is false. People talking we were 99% assumptions. Um, they still don't know what happened or what's happening. They make up stories and most of it's not true. The couple divorced last year after four years of marriage. And just two months, after, two months before Khalees, a born-again Christian, 
Why they throw that in the story? Yeah, what they gotta do anything? Gave birth to her son, Knight, who turns one later this month. Uh, yeah, everything's fine. We are divorced. But there's no point to fighting. There's nothing to fight about. Because she done got all the money now. But no, I know, right? What y'all fight about? <laughs> I'm straight. There's nothing to fight about. Anyway, you want the $1,000 here? Just take it. I don't need it. It's filling up my bathtub. <laughs> um... I'm super happy. My life is awesome. We are friends. We get along now, and it's all good. Uh, that nigga does not too. like her. I, yeah, He's taking all his money. Our son Knight is hilarious. He claps. He snaps. He waves. Uh oh, he might be gay. Snapping and waving. That ain't no good sign. He twitching too. Pussy son. He struts. Better learn how to raise a one. Pregnancy gives a woman a strong sense of validation. When you're pregnant, you wake up every day and internally everything is working perfectly and you look at the world and everything sort of fits together. It's hard not to realize there's a creator and he created all of us. Mm. I would like to say that my wife is pregnant right now and she does not wake up every morning all happy and joyous. <laughs> 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 she wakes up contracting. <laughs> she wakes up being kicked by the baby. So... All this glowing and happy shit now. So that's, Bert, the, that's Bert, the money talking right there. She done open up the window in the kitchen and put a pie on the windowsill and then blue jays fly in and land on her hand. Hell no. Oh man. Hell no. Well fuck that then. <laughs> TMZ obtained legal documents which Nas concedes he owes Khalees a scotch less a scotch less than three hundred thousand dollars in spousal support. But it seems that the most pressing problem is the mortgage for the home Khalees is living in. Nas is behind fifty three thousand dollars. So Nas's lawyer, Mark Vincent Kaplan, filed a payment plan with the court in which the rapper agrees to pay seventeen uh seventeen thousand five hundred dollars up front and then and then pretty much double the average mortgage, which is seven thousand eight hundred Dollars payment each month. Good God! It's pretty amazing. Khalees' lawyer, Diso Queen Laura Wassler, a Wasser, has claimed Nas raked in two thousand two hundred forty four thousand dollars a month. Wow! So um, the power couple, Nas and Khalees, announced that they were calling it quits back in April two thousand nine, despite being pregnant with their first son together since. Then they have gone through a nasty legal battle over child support and child custody. Finally, a little over a year later, the marriage has officially come to a close. According to TMZ, the divorce has been become official. However, the issues of child custody and support still remain. Right now, Nas has to pay around ten thousand dollars a month, which is so. In addition to spousal support and his mortgage, he got to pay ten thousand dollars for child support too. I see why that nigga bought himself a gun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? First of all, I would not call I wouldn't call Nas and Khalees a power couple. Yeah. Because if he was a power couple, he wouldn't have the trouble paying that rent and that uh that child support. Yeah. Spousal support. So um I was at Wing Night the other night and mm-hmm. you know I got the iPhone 4 now. Mm-hmm. So I connected to their Wi Fi and uh I did face chat with Travis at Wing Night. Cool. Yeah, it was I know cool. Travis liked that, didn't he? Yeah, everybody was so like just taken aback by that, and that commercial looks so corny when you see it. But when you actually doing it, when you actually doing it, you like, this is cool as hell. Commercial corny. But it's actually kind of weird though, because the only awkward thing is when you're ready to go. It's like it's like a phone call is impersonal, so it's like, all right, man, I gotta go. You know what I'm saying? You could be doing anything, but when the face chat, they looking at you. 
It's like, okay, this has gotten boring, and you're just awkwardly staring at each other for 20 <laughs> seconds. They're like, uh, alright, man. Okay, man. Alright, well, I'm gonna go now. But, you know, it was cool. And then Chucky was hating on the phone, because he's a hater. And, you know, I get it, man. Like, if somebody walks in with Stacy Dash, there's two type of men in the room. There's the men that's like, damn, she fine. How did he do that? And then there's the men that are like, damn, she fine. How did he do that? And if you the second one, you a bitch. You know, so Chucky was acting like a bitch. I don't know what to tell him. But uh, he, and then when I was like, why you got like you have nothing but negative things to say about the phone? And I was so I called him. I was like, man, why you acting like a hater? He's like, no, I'm not hating. No, I'm not hating. So I just like, don't like this piece of shit. Yeah. It drops calls. It ain't that hot. Yeah. But I ain't hating tonight. I ain't hating. It's just whack. Okay. Um. So uh, let's talk about these uh, teenagers these days. What about them? Teen playing video games shot and killed. Oh. A teenager playing a video game was shot and killed overnight, and police are trying to figure out what led to the shooting. Police were called to a home on Tate Street about 1 in the morning after receiving a 911 call in reference to one person who had been shot at the home. When officers arrived on the scene, they found the body of a teenager lying in the hallway suffering from an apparent gunshot to the upper body. The victim died at the scene. The victim and several others were playing video games when a gun was fired, police say. Everyone inside the home knew each other. This sounds like a case for a CSI. Oh, no. Detectives are conducting interviews of the many witnesses at police headquarters. No arrests have been made at the time. The victim's name was not released. Look, I know exactly what happened. Okay, I wasn't there. I don't know none of these niggas, but I know niggas like this. They was in there playing some type of tournament, and they was playing for money. Cause people do that. Niggas do that. That's what yeah, we do. Got mad. And then he was winning, and then he started talking shit. Yeah, I don't even think it was for money, dog. I think they were just on some Madden. Nigga was just getting his ass beat, and the dude was just talking shit. It's like I said, dude. The closest a man can come to being raped without being raped. It's getting your ass whooped in Madden, man. Damn. <laughs> that shit is humiliating, man. Especially by somebody younger than you. The nigga only like 15. Like, I don't know how old these other girls are. The way I look at it is, if it's somebody younger than me, then they probably just sit at home and play all day. Yeah, they'll have but it's job. worse if it's somebody that's older than you. It's, you get beat by the old nigga. <laughs> well, it's hard to justify that shit when they talking shit, though. Because, like, you know, old people typically have a little more respect. They talk that sly shit. Yeah. They be like, oh, your button stuck or something. You know, like, this sly shit where you be like, what? No, nothing wrong. Oh, man, fuck you. But... <laughs> Kids, man, they be like dancing around like I'm styling on your ass, nigga. Oh, LeBron James, LeBron James, all in your grill. You be like, I'm gonna kill this nigga. You just hope you don't have a gun at the time. And I think what happened with him is somebody had a gun. Yeah, right. I've seen niggas talk shit. It gets personal. Yeah, it does. and it can get violent. I have been in rooms. I've been in rooms where two people were playing a video game and I had to leave. I was like, y'all niggas are gonna fight. There's a nigga moment with nigga synthesis. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I do not want to be the one that catches this bullet, man. Um, (laughs) Alright, so also, man, um, I wanted to talk about, you know, the taser is the official weapon of the podcast, right? Yes, it is. Man officially tasered, uh, accidentally tasered in the groin by police. Damn. Oh. A man is threatening to sue police after accidentally discharging a 50,000 volt taser into his groin. Peter Cox. Oh man! Oh 
Oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe they thought his name was instructional. <laughs> was on his way to do some landscaping work at the home of a friend when he noticed a police patrol car was following him. He pulled over outside his friend Donna Allen's house in Bridgewater, Somerset, but after a short conversation with police officers, collapsed to the ground after being shot in the groin. Police today confirmed the taser weapon was accidentally discharged and an investigation was underway. Lucky it wasn't a gun. You can ask Oscar Grant about that. Hell yeah. Eyewitnesses say the male officer pointed the taser gun at Peter Cox or at Peter's Cox <laughs> for, for more than 20 seconds before lowering the weapon. But the weapon discharged accidentally and Peter dropped to the ground in agony after one electric probe missed his manhood by three inches. Oh, see, man. Oh, there ain't even that. Yeah. I mean, that would be real, like, that would be, that would be real close for me. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, three inches for me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, his groin, so it missed his, uh, manhood. Mr. Dennis. Yeah. His phallus. Yeah. So he almost got his dick electrocuted. His dick like, I don't got nothing to do with this. Don't tease me. Un- unemployed Peter said, oh, of course why, is it, why does it matter that he's unemployed? I mean, that's why he's suing. The kind of person that gets tased in, in the dick is the kind of person that don't have a job. Like He probably moved his dick in the way to get this lawsuit. You know? <laughs> uh, I got out the car, asked the police what they wanted, and then asked them to, to park on the other side of the road because we were working on the front garden. I would have tased your ass too. The officer didn't say anything, but he got out of the car and pulled out the taser and pointed it at me. I didn't know this at the time, so I just went on with what I was doing. Got a bag of stone from the garden out of the boot. So he's ignoring the police officer. Yeah, and then he shot me. Your ass should have been tased. I'm sorry. Maybe he thought it was like CSI. Like, you know those cop shows how the police always show up to question somebody? And it's like at their job. And the person, it bothers me every time. The person never stops at the fuck they're doing. It's always like, oh, pick up this sack. No, I never knew him. Never liked him either, though. I ain't saying I killed him, but I would have if I had the chance. Do, 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 do. Like, <laughs> no police interview would go like that. But no. that's kind of like, maybe he thought it was like that shit. Where he was just like, I'm going to just keep going about my day. No, real TV and real life is not the same. I was really shocked, and I didn't know what was going on. Yes, uh, you were really shocked. Yes, you was, Mr. In Cox. the penis. I got <laughs> one in my groin and one in my ankle. That was a terrible the angle. Fuck? <laughs> what kind wow. of taser is this? I don't know. I guess it, they both go in the same direction. It really hurt. It really, it just stunned me completely. I felt like someone was stabbing me with a fork all over my body. The electric taser probe hit Peter in the groin, missing his penis by three inches and his right ankle. Paramedics treated Peter, who suffered from debilitating Eulerium Barre syndrome. Never heard of that. On the front lawn of the pro- property. Hey, it might be good if you guys would, um, you know, uh, explain what the fuck that disease is. What kind of article is this? I would like to know what the fuck this dude had and why it was bad that he got tased. Um, uh, father of one of Peter's, uh, father of one, Peter denies acting aggressively towards officers and was completely dumbfounded as to why he was tasered. You was ignoring the officer. Yeah, um... A spokesperson for Avon and Somerset Police said the officers had wanted to speak to Mr. Cox as he suspected the BMW he was driving was not insured. But Peter called his insurance immediately after the incident and was confirmed that the car had valid insurance. Peter now plans to sue the constabulary for damages and is seeking the advice of solicitors. 
He added, after it happened, the driver of the police car came up to me and said, the reason we wanted to talk to you was because your car came up as no insurance. But I checked and there definitely is valid insurance. To this date, they haven't contacted me or any other witnesses or neighbors. I would like an apology. And some, and some money. money. Yeah. Don't be trying to front. Donna Allen. Man, these niggas look like straight shady, too. Yeah, they do. Wow. Uh, uh, this dude looks like uh, he's doing an Al Pacino, uh, I mean, a, a Robert De Niro impression. You see that? Anyway, I'll have to link this pic on the blog. Um, when I asked them if they were going to take statements, the sergeant actually said to me they wouldn't need to because the other officer admitted accidentally discharging the gun. So, it looks like an open and shut case, man. He's going to get paid, I think. I mean, you can't be shooting niggas in the dick with the taser and uh, hoping not to pay him. So I'm looking up uh, this disease, the Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's an acute inflammatory polyneuropathy, uh-huh, an autoimmune disorder affecting the peripheral nervous system, usually triggered by an acute infectious process. The syndrome was named after French physician Guillain Barre and Stroll. Hold on, hold on. So this is brought on, triggered by an acute infectious process. This dude probably had syphilis and never got it treated. Yep. Who? That's how they killed all the black people in the forties. Um, who would? Who were the first to describe it in 1916 as sometimes called laundry paralysis after the French physician who first described the variant in 1859. So apparently some kind of disease that they couldn't understand in this article so they didn't bother telling us mm-hmm. and I can't understand I just read the definition yeah, say that again. so fuck this dude and your disease <laughs> me mugging like a motherfucker disabled boy is school in school <laughs> disabled boy is school sports star despite having no legs a 12 year old athlete is walking tall see see uh, why, why do they do this uh, man uh, why do they do this? He's strutting hard. Uh, let me make the jokes, okay? Anyway, 12-year-old athlete is walking tall after representing his school at, at football, rugby, and cricket, despite having no legs. There must not be no brothers at this school. Nope. Inspirational Callum Truscott was born with both legs missing just below the knee and learned to walk under two prosthetic limbs, using two prosthetic limbs. But he surpassed all expectations by becoming a star sportsman at Brunel School in St. Austell, Cornwall. He plays football and rugby alongside able-bodied athletes and just last week hit the winning runs to take the school to the country finals in the under-13-year-old cricket tournament. Callum also refuses to accept the lift to the secondary comprehensive in his parents' car and insists on walking, even staying behind for dance classes. Now, he's just rubbing it in people's face now. Yeah, I know, right? Stocky Callum also recently beat most of his classmates in an endurance swimming race after he completed an incredible 1,500 meters in just 45 minutes. The PE... Now, I wonder if he did that with his legs or without. Because if you do it without, isn't that kind of an advantage? Well, no, because you kick your legs to get propulsion. So, so, you wouldn't have as much But you wouldn't have as much weight and much drag either. All I'm saying is, if I'm playing football against this dude, are you really going to go for his legs? No, that's probably... You think they letting them score and stuff? I mean, I'm just saying... Because, uh, you know, when you're tackling somebody, you're getting them down however, but if I see a dude with two prosthetic legs... Yeah. I'm like, well, first of all, if I grab them around the legs, that shit might hurt me. What? Yeah, I, yeah. well, I'm about to get to that, but another question I have, though, is what if one of them pops off? Man, you might scar a kid for life, like... 
Little uh, kid, little kid, watch the game and just see a leg pop off, fly about twenty feet in the air. Like it would freak me out. And he just pop it back on and keep playing. I'm like what the hell? But um, the other thing though is like Will said, man, I think it gives an unfair advantage. Like they wrote this article, like oh he don't have any legs. It's terrible. I bet you they've had complaints about it. I bet you um. Uh, parents have probably protested. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, it won't surprise me. Within a few months, he's either going to be told he's going to have to be like with the Special Olympics or something like yeah. that, and not going to be able to participate. Because this is the first step in cyborgs. That's exactly what this is. We're watching it, man. I seen Terminator. This does not end well. You can't mix humans and machines. I saw Star Trek with the Borg. Yeah, human and machine cannot mix. Man and computer should not combine. And all they got to do is put some chips in those legs. Next thing you know, he's taking over the earth. So, I'm not for this. I'm Ah. against this. Um, North Carolina girl survived a shark attack. Ooh, good God. Yeah. A 13-year-old girl is expected to fully recover after being attacked by a shark while swimming near an island off the coast of North Korea. Oh, North Carolina. Oh, North Korea. Kim Jong-il was upset. Yes, he was. (laughs) Carly Sling, Slint's. Of Greensboro, North Carolina, sustained bites to her left foot while swimming with friends near Topsail Island, a 26-mile barrier island off the state's coast. You think those are sharks from like New Orleans that just had to come up here? It's like, oh, this is like, I'm hungry. I'm gonna eat anything. Yeah, this is a bad neighborhood. Ah, now. Our food is down. We got to go somewhere else. It's too black down here in New Orleans. I got to get out of here. The Gulf is fucked up. Uh, Schlintz, who was immediately rushed to Cape Fear Hospital after Friday's attack, reportedly received 60 stitches. Ooh. I felt like something grabbed my foot, but then it got really sharp and it wasn't letting go, the girl said. Uh, so I pulled away and by then it already bit me twice. When I pulled it out of the waters to see what it was, it was pretty bad. The ligament was spread out and you could see it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And they call, they call these shark attacks, but I like to call them human trespassing. Cause we ain't got no business out there fucking with sharks, man. Oh, How you gonna man. blame the shark for for being what it's supposed yeah. to do? Guess what? His ass belong in the water. You do not. Yeah. So what um, is optional for you? Yeah. <laughs> the shark is like dinner. You know. What's um, that moving in our living room? Let's go get it. <laughs> yeah, we got fast food now. Um, is it delivery? Yeah. No, it's the yeah. <laughs> Did you hear the doorbell, baby? Yeah, it's delicious. But um. And I feel bad for the shark because, like, he was so close to eating that night, man. Oh, we got a little sample. She is the one that got away. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Y'all heard about this girl, not girl, this lady, who worked for the USDA. And she said some comments that got construed as being racist. What, the one that said something like 27 years ago or something? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, way to give away the story, but yes, that is what's going on. So, um, I, Karen, you heard of it? I think I heard somebody mention something about it today and said they went back and they talked to the person and they said she did a good job. All right, we'll go into this. All right. A video has surfaced using the agricultural department official regarding the NAACP of the audience. Or regaling, I don't know how you say that. Uh, with a story about how she withheld help to a white farmer facing bankruptcy. Video that now has forced the official to resign. Now, this is a link from Fox News. Mm-hmm. I received this this morning from none other than Asleep in the Fire. You know what I'm saying? She wanted uh-huh. to be first. 
and she was trying to show me that racism exists everywhere, okay? Not just against black people and Native Americans, but against the white man who controls everything, okay? And keeps holding us all down. I had a hard time going to work today. It was a white man outside my door just blocking my way to the car. I was like, I'm going to be late. He was like, I know. I'm just here to hold you down. <laughs> but, um... Anyway, days after the NAACP clashed with the Tea Party members over allegations of racism, a video has surfaced showing the Agricultural Department official regaling the NAACP audience with a story about how she was held to, helped to a white farmer facing bankruptcy. Video that now has forced the official to resign. Thank you for repeating the first sentence into the first paragraph. Thanks, Fox News. Hardcore reporting, huh? Shirley Sherrod, the department's uh, Georgia director of Rural development is shown in the in the clip describing the first time I was faced with having to help a white farmer save his farm. Sharad, who was black, claimed the farmer took a long time trying to show he was superior to her. The audience laughed as she described how she determined his fa his fate. Now remember, no one's seen this whole video. All right. He had to come to me for help. What he didn't know is while he was talking all that time trying to show me he was superior to me, I was trying to decide just how much help I was going to give him, she said. I was struggling with the fact that so many black people have lost their farmland, and here I was faced with the having to help a white person save their land. So I didn't give him the full force of what I could do. I did enough. The Agriculture Department announced Monday shortly after Fox News. Dot com published its initial report on the video that Sharad had resigned. So they forced her to resign, basically. Yes, they yeah. did. That's terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, but it, it's just like being a waiter, man. I don't care how big and, like, what your job is. At some level, the people above you just don't really have your back. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even really go try to get this video. They didn't listen to her. They just were like, fuck it, you're fired. This is a bad look. We don't care. Um, and they wanted to, in, in light of the NAACP making that you know, that, that statement on the Tea Party needing to get away from racism. I think they overreacted and fired her or had her resign so they could be like, look, we're, we're taking our own advice. We don't deal with racism at all. We have a zero tolerance policy. Um, and my thing is that this happened 20-something. What the hell does that got to do with her life today? Well, the clip doesn't even, the, the clip has no context. It's simply this statement that I just read. It doesn't say like, oh, and then a long time ago, like, the clip that made the news was what I read. Okay, we'll get we'll get into more. We'll get into more. There is zero tolerance policy for discrimination at US at the USDA, and I strongly uh, condemn any act of discrimination against any person. Agricultural uh, Agricultural Secretary Tom Vizak. Is that Vilsack? You can get the bill sack. <laughs> said said in a um, written statement. We have been working hard through the past 18 months to reverse the checkered civil rights history at the department and take the issue of fairness and equality very seriously. The NAACP released a statement late Monday condemning Shiraz's admission. We are appalled by her actions, even though they were entertained by her actions at the time she said this shit, right? Um, just as we are with the abuses of power against the farmers of color and female farmers. And that is true. Like, I, I, there was an article I had a long time ago that I didn't read on the show that was about black farmers basically not getting help and losing their farms. But I decided not to read it because that shit ain't boring. And plus, I didn't know that this shit would happen. So, you know, my bad. Her actions were shameful. And while she went on to explain that the story that she ultimately realized her mistake, as well as the common predicament of working 
people, working people of all races, she gave no indication she had attempted to right the wrong she had done to this man. This is where they fucked up when they said that. Sherrod explained in the video that at the time she assumed the state or National Department of Agriculture had referred the white farmer to her in order to ensure that the farmer would could report back that she was indeed helpful. She said she took him to see one of his own, a white lawyer. I figured that if I take him to one of them, that his own kind would take care of him. The point of the story wasn't entirely clear. Only an excerpt from the switch, from the speeches included in the video clip. So it's kind of it's kind of funny that they felt like we should run this nationally. We should make this a story. We're not even going to take the time to do the research to find this whole clip, to find the context, wow. to find the farmer. Like they literally were like, "This is a half-ass story, but it's sensationalistic." We're running this. Period. Run it now. We don't have time to do the research. Yeah. Uh, first. Like my boy um, Tunji said on his Facebook page. He's like, you know, due diligence is basically dead. You know, when it comes to the news. Um, the video clip. Oh, wait. It, it was revealed to me that it was about poor versus those who have. She says, suggesting that she learned that race is less important. So she says this in the in the video clip they have. The video clip was first posted by BigGovernment.com. The chip is dated... The clip is dated March 27th from an NAACP Freedom Fund banquet. The clip adds to the firestorm debate over the NAACP's decision to approve a resolution at its convention last week, assuming some Tea Party activism uh, activists have racism, a charge Tea Party le leaders deny. In a second clip at the same event posted online, Sherrod appears to urge black job seekers to find work at the Department of Agriculture because the federal government won't lay people off. Which is true. And which is also problematic, um, but it's a different problem, you know. Because the thing is, like her saying that, there's really no need to be offended by that because it's not like she's hiring them. She's giving them a suggestion, and if you look at the stats, black people have a higher unemployment rate than white people, you know, historically throughout. And it's not just educational-wise, you know, throughout all tiers. So it's like. Here's a safe job for you. Here's a place. She's just giving you a suggestion. She's not like, don't worry, wink, wink. We will hire you over a white person. Now, if she would have said that, I'd be like, now that is just basically being racist. Say, I didn't know the Tea Party had leaders. Who the hell is these leaders? Yeah, that's the thing. I, like, one thing I think is very genius about the Tea Party is they don't really have one spokesperson. No, they don't. But they're fucking up because they're starting to be like, we're going to tie ourselves to certain politicians and certain people. And that's kind of going to hurt their movement because when you tie yourself to one person, now the job of the media, the job of your adversaries is really to hurt that one person's credibility. But and once that's done, your movement is done. But they, they have tied themselves to one person being Sarah Palin. Yeah. The only thing is, is that Sarah Palin does need credibility. And she doesn't officially hold any office. Like, yeah. They tied her as like a spokesperson, quote unquote, yeah. but she doesn't officially represent them, and she declines a lot of their shit. Like she's not completely tied but to you them. You know why like she, she declines a lot of their shit? Because they're crazy. No, because she charges seventy-five to a hundred grand per appearance. Oh, yeah. So if they can't afford it, she ain't coming. Well, you know, she gets that paper, man. These There are jobs at the USDA. Many times there are no people of color to fill those jobs because we shy away from agriculture. We hear the word agriculture and think, why are we working in the fields? You got, you've heard of a lot of layoffs. Have you heard of anybody in the federal government losing their jobs? That's all I need to say. So I don't think that that's racial at all. And I guess they didn't play that because on the one hand it's saying 
Uh, ain't no niggas got these jobs. Y'all need to go ahead and get some of these jobs. They ain't firing nobody. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, that's kind of a, you know, shot against them. So, the uh, NAACP came out with that statement. And I don't fuck with the NAACP. And this is one of the reasons. They're reactionary. They're so reactionary. They don't think. They're not strategic. They're not long term. They're right. just, what happened today that sounds racist? Let's hop on that and get in the paper. So, um, they said that, you know, oh, she didn't get any, um, she didn't get, she didn't help that family. She didn't write her wrong. Well, according to the actual farmer, Sherrod saved their land. So it was her that they feel is responsible for them keeping their land. The white farmer that she initially was like, you know, he was acting superior to me and I was, you know, Gonna prove him that hey, I don't gotta help. I you. mean, and my thing is that because they didn't show the whole clip, she could have been just telling the story of how she felt at the time and right. all that type stuff. And that's the thing, like we'll say, people take things, take them out of context, twist them, turn them, present them. And if you don't do your research, you're stupid enough to believe what they're saying is fact when it's partial fact or half. And, fact. and see what it is, is, people get caught in this tit for tat of uh, po- politics where it's like. Our side gets a point, your side gets a point. Gotcha, you know? And just like asleep in the fire, you know, she fell for that shit this morning. She sent me this link as if to prove something to me. And I basically just said, okay, like I was at work. I'm not reading all that shit. I, you know, I saw the, the headline. I was just like, okay, they think a black person did something racist. Not really sure why you think that's, you know, a big deal to me. I am not one of those people that think black people can't be racist. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not a belief I hold. I, I I'm never, yeah, I'm never shocked by black racism, white racism, whatever. It's like if it's in the NAACP, it's even less shocking. I was talking to the NAACP. I said something racist. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's kind of like who are who make up the majority of the NAACP? Old black people. Yeah. Who are the most racist black people out there? Old, Old black, black, black people. Yeah. Oh my god, they can be so hilarious at times. But my thing is this, man. You know, she even in her clip, she didn't say, "I ain't helped the motherfucker." I let they land going to foreclosure. Right. She thing. said, right. "She said I did enough. I ain't right. go a, a, above and beyond, but I did enough." Well, that's that just shit. in the clip too. Like I we know. don't, we don't even know the rest of that story. It's like, it's like if I tell you a story and I go, "Well, that was a long time ago." And, you know, I was going to consider just leaving my life. And it was about to be over. And then they just stopped the clip. And they be like, hey, did you know he was going to leave his wife? You know, they, they probably not even together no more, man. And then the next fucking sentence would have been like, but I decided that we're going to stick it out. And we're happy. We've been together for 50 years. Like, how you going to leave the most important part out? I know, but I guess what I'm saying is, even if you take it how they present it, Still, she's yeah. not saying I ain't helped the motherfucker. She yeah. said I did my job. I did enough. How many motherfuckers out there do just enough on their job? Yeah. I know I don't go above and beyond every single day, eight hours a day, every time I'm at my desk. Yeah. Some days I do what I'm supposed to do. Well, she, all, she was supposed to. In do. all fairness, though, we don't brag about it either. I wouldn't yeah. give a speech about the half-ass yeah. job I did today. Like, <laughs> man, I was about to fall asleep. <laughs> And then this white man called, and I said, oh, man, I guess I'll do what I got to do. <laughs> anyway, everybody try to be their best. Thanks for this, thanks for having me as your keynote speaker. I'll do just enough not to get fired. Yeah. I would love to get this speech at someone's graduation. <laughs> <laughs> like, then this motherfucker called. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, I got to help you, too? Damn. Let me tell you what you motherfuckers had to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right, right. Ain't a big lunch. Don't try to excel. Just, just do enough. Yeah. I said don't I ain't trying to get no you. raise. I know. Don't have them fool you all these books and education. When you get in the real world, that degree don't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So she says in a different article, they asked me to resign, and in fact, they harassed me as I was driving back to the state office from West Point, Virginia. The last call asked me to pull to the side of the road and do it. Resign, she said. Um. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, get the Vilsack, told CNN on Tuesday that he didn't speak to anyone at the White House. I made this decision. It's my decision. Nobody from the White House contacted me about this at all. A White House official uh, told CNN the White House did not pressure her or the USDA over the resignation. It was the Secretary's decision, as he has said. Sherrod defended herself in a number of interviews on Tuesday, saying her controversial comments on the video were taken out of context. I don't feel good about it because I know I didn't do anything wrong. Her resignation came after the media outlets aired the video in which Sherrod, speaking to an audience, said she did not give a white farmer the full force of what I could do to help him in his closure, in, avoid foreclosure. She said Tuesday that the incident with the farmer in 1986 occurred before she started working for the USDA and was working for a nonprofit federation of Southern cooperatives. She said the experience helped her learn to move beyond race, and she tells the story to audience to make that point. Now, now there's two things there. One, she wasn't working for the USDA at the time. But I, in all fairness, I, I even if like say the story was that she didn't help this dude because he was white, which is not true. But let's say it was, and she was like, "But that happened before I got this job." I can still understand asking somebody to resign from that position yeah. if that if that was the story. But that wasn't the fucking story. They no, didn't do their research and they obviously didn't listen to it. But I could actually understand someone making the case of like, it's like if, if Will was like, okay, I work with children now. I've been working in this job, teaching children for 20 years. Yes, I molested a boy 25 years ago. Like, get the fuck out. That's what yeah. we do here. We only have one job <laughs> oh, no. to do that shit. Like, you, we can't have you in the in the child bathing department and, if, if you're uh, the uh, molesting uh, the mean, kid. I mean, I, I would, that's a little extreme. I would say, you know what I'm like, saying? No, you know, back in the day, I did smoke some weed. Yeah. But now, you know, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. I am on the Just Say No yeah. committee. Yeah. You know, I, I go now that I work for D.A.R.E., <laughs> I think we need to let bygones be bygones. <laughs> I smoked a little weed back in the day. Yeah. But, I mean, I can understand them. I understand why that would be an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they still overreacted because they didn't do You don't, Dude, it's hard to fire a motherfucker at a regular job. Yes, it is. How you just going to fire somebody like this, man? And, and it it's people I work with that I'm like, how did you not fire him yet? Yes. Why so are you still be, here? Yes. Like, we got paperwork, man. We got to do yeah. counseling. Like, come on. We have to go through the process. And you know what I think is funny about what you read so far is, yeah. you know, they're like... No, why'd they contact the White House on this? What the hell does the White House have to do with this? Yeah, they're denying they contacted the White House, but it's funny that the newspaper went straight to the White House. So. Well, what the fuck is the purpose of that? I don't know. Honestly. It's, it's like, well, I mean, it is Fox News. Yeah. They're like, well, maybe we can link Obama to this. That's true. That's true. Well, it's, it's pointless. well the other thing is, man, for a lot of people in America, Obama is the one black dude they know. So it's like, it's just like ah. with my white friends, when something racial happened, they normally come ask me. You know, they want my opinions. Now they're lucky that they have me as a friend because I give good opinions and don't back down. As opposed to a lot of black people, and if you listen to this, you know who you are, they hang out with white people and then they just be like, 
Oh man, whatever, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, he was like, dog, that was your opportunity, man. It's like, nah, I'm just, whatever y'all white people think is fine with me. Just keep buying these drinks. <laughs> just keep, I ain't fucking up a good thing. Yeah, another round on you, brother. <laughs> and you right. The KKK had it absolutely right. Um, uh, uh, cheers. Meanwhile, the farmer referencing the clip told CNN he credits Sherrod with helping his family save their farm. I don't know what brought up this racist mess. Roger Spooners told CNN's Rick's List. They just want to stir up some trouble. It sounds, sounds to me, in my opinion. Spooner says Sherrod accompanied him and his wife to a lawyer in America's Georgia who was able to help them file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which ultimately saved their farm. A white lawyer. Mm-hmm. If it hadn't been for her, we would have never known. We wouldn't never. We would have never known who to see or what to do. She led us right to our success. Spooner's wife, Eloise, remembers Sherrod as nice mannered, thoughtful, friendly, and a good person. She said that when she saw the story of the tape and Sherrod's raising nation on television, she said that ain't right. They have not treated her right. And um, I, you know, I give them props here too because it's a lot of people that put up with shitty day jobs that they don't like. If, but still got to put on a good face and whatever. Mm-hmm. So even if she had these internal conflicts, it didn't show in her performance to these people. Mm-hmm. So that's really all that matters. How did the customer feel? Did the customer think you did a good job? You're you doing a, a good job. job. Like, that's it, you know? So even if you got conflict about this, and I mean, I read somewhere too that they said that uh, his wife was, uh, or his her father was killed by a farmer or something like that a long time ago. I don't know if that's true or not, but I heard that. And then, um, let's see. In uh, the NAACP with the statement Monday called Sherrod's actions shameful. In the second statement Tuesday said it thought the recent revelations about this situation was attempting that investigating the recent revelations about the situation was attempting to break with Sherrod and the farmer and was going to view the full video. The organization said it would speak further following the full and comprehensive Process. It so, would surprise me if she sued the pants off of them. Yeah, that, some people are like, they should just give her a job back. I would sue yeah. the shit out of those yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah. Because I can guarantee you they forced her to resign. I can guarantee yeah. that was not her choice. I will sue the hell out of And them. the last thing I want to read on this same topic is uh, this um, th- this actual article from Jamil Bowie. Mm-hmm. It's J E M E L L E. Uh, B-O-U-I-E That's how you spell it So if you want to search for this article online It's called A Nation of Cowards It's a blog post And she says I don't think it's an exaggeration An exaggeration to say that we've seen a steady drumbeat of racial incidents Over the last week or so It began with the NAACP delegates Passed a resolution uh, Condemning extremist elements within the Tea Party And calling on Tea Party members To repudiate the racist elements in their movement The initial reaction was almost completely negative Dave Weigel, who reports on the right wing, called the resolution a stunt. And the LA Times' Michael McGough uh, said it was unfair given that it implies that the extremist biggest bombers are a sufficient, uh, sufficiently significant component of the organization that such a gesture is necessary. Even former Go- Alaska, Governor, Alaska Governor Sarah Palin felt compelled to comment, calling the charge false and appalling and regressive. And three words she cannot spell. Controversy... <laughs> Controversy died down by the end of the week, but not before the Tea Party spokesman, spokesman Mark Williams resigned after posting a deeply offensive fake letter from the NAACP to Lincoln on his website, and that was racist. Mm. Uh, I ain't even gonna cover that, but just imagine all the bad things a white man can say about black people. Um, this week's controversy centered around Shirley Sherrod. 
I'm, I'm surprised they didn't mention Jesse Jackson breaking up slavery. Because that was kind of, that started it for me. I don't know. Yeah. They got, they hopped on late. I was, I, I've been riding this racism for two weeks now. Or Mel Gibson and his pack of niggas. Oh, yeah. So it was pack of niggas, slavery, racism in the Tea Party. Tea Party being racist. Join the train. <laughs> Racist train. I don't like that the Tea Party's reaction to being called racist was to be racist. <laughs> Come on, dog. That's a bad look, man. That's why I can't fuck with y'all, man. And plus, y'all ain't got no causes. Um, this week's controversy centered on Shirley Surratt, an official with the USDA, who was forced to resign after the video surface of a speech she called uh, she gave at Andrew Breitbart's big government website. Um, that's what that's the dude who first reported this, and out of context on purpose. In the speech, Sherrod talks about an incident that happened when she worked at an agricultural nonprofit and a white farmer came to her seeking help for bankruptcy. Um, you know, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, skip that part because we all know what happened. Uh-huh. The story helped me realize that race is not the issue. It's about people who have and people who don't. When I speak to groups, I try to speak about getting beyond the issue of race. That's her. That's what Sherrod said. Breitbart, Breitbart uh, deliberately cut the necessary context for Sherrod's remarks, uh, which, and it was a Sherrod. Leaving the viewers to think that she discriminated against white farmers while they're working at the USDA. As, as such, the NAACP, I almost said NCAA, <laughs> issued a press release condemning Sherrod for her remarks and the USDA asked for her resignation despite the fact that there was nothing actually there to the story. In a statement released to the press, Secretary Tom Vilsack stood by his... Uh, decision to accept Shiraz's resignation saying that the controversy surrounding her comments would create situations where her decisions rightfully or wrongfully uh, would be called into question making it difficult to bring jobs to Georgia if there's anything that strikes me the most about these both incidents about both instances they will completely vindicate Attorney General Eric Holder's assertion that the United States is a nation of cowards when it comes to discussing race. I understand that a lot of Americans feel really uncomfortable talking about race, but there's that's no excuse for the week we spent debating whether the NAACP is racist against white people or the fact that Ob- the Obama administration punished a dedicated federal employee for the crime of speaking honestly about race. It's kind of funny that it said the Obama administration. Yeah. But they always do that shit. Like, just go for the biggest name. It's like if you're suing somebody, you slip in the parking lot, sue Walmart. You know, they got the biggest store in the parking lot. Um, instead of tackling these issues with the majority and candor, we spend our time rebuffing accusations of racism because there are no races in America and shouting nonsense complaints about reverse racism while provocateurs like Andrew Breitbart and Glenn Beck distort our understanding of racism and prejudice. It's been almost two years since America collectively patted itself on the back for electing Barack, uh, for, oh, electing a black president. And since then, we've proven conclusively that we are a nation of cows when it comes to race. I'm just wondering when we're finally going to grow up. So, I, I, I agree with her take right there, man. I do Honestly, too. I do too. It's ridiculous. But, um, thank you guys for joining. Oh, shit. And one question from Isaac. He said, "How how's this for a million dollar idea? Mel gets an ad-libs. Man, these would fly off the shelf as Spencer's guests. <laughs> you know what an ad lib is? Or mad libs where you uh, write a word into a, like, give a verb, give a noun, give an adjective, and then oh, you yeah. flip it over and you read the sentence that you wrote? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they actually got a front, but you don't know how the story's going. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if that, if you say mad libs or just saying, like, shirts with dishonor or what, but he says, I'm going to mow the yard now, you dictionary. You understand that? Because I'm capable of it. I'm going to come over and make a Sunday. 
But first, you're going to hug me. So I thought that was funny. Thanks, Isaac. But um, that yeah, that, that's pretty much it for the show, man. Y'all feel good with this one? I yeah, do. Man. All right, I know Will gotta get back to his pregnant wife, and uh, don't forget to donate to the fucking show, guys. We got a phone line now, playing messages, cost money. We blowing you know, up, y'all. Y'all downloading so much shit, man. We are almost at the max of our download limit, and we still have like half a month to go. So I gotta wow. pay more after I just doubled up our subscription fee. It's a good problem to have, but y'all niggas need to put in on this, all right? Even a dollar person, like I said, we do PayPal. So PayPal, you can be trusted. We ain't, we ain't gonna. You know, steal your identity and nothing like that. Podomatic shows where you downloading from. I'm just saying. If I zoom in, if I zoom in close enough, you might see me on the streets, okay? <laughs> when I come over, I want my money or you will blow me first. <laughs> Alright, man. So, thanks, guys. Um, make sure you go to Facebook and check us out. And make sure you go to iTunes. Make sure you go to Podomatic. Search for the Black Eye Tips. And make sure that you uh, also... Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prime. I'm say that again. That as in D A T. And uh, I'm Mr. Montgomery. Mr. Underscore Montgomery. All right. So until next time, love you. I love you too, baby. Peace. Time, let the clip flow through your body. Got the magic, got the nah, got the gas, got the rock.